Namaste and welcome back to another episode of The Sapient. Today, we have yet another guest from United States, Mr. Andri. So, welcome, Andri. Hi. Hi, Ganesh. Thank you for having me. So, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you? Yes, doing fantastic. So, Andri, what do you do for a living? Uh, I own own and run email marketing agency here in the States and we serve uh, online online stores, e-commerce. Okay. And uh, I don't think you are from United States originally, is it? Correct. I'm originally from Ukraine, but for the last 20 years, I live here in New York. Okay. So you're still working on becoming you know, a full-time American, is it? I mean, I do have my citizenship, but uh, I um, I consider myself still Ukrainian. Got it. Because in, uh, you said last 20 years and your accent is still not American yet. No, no, no. I, actually, I don't even try. Uh, imp- I mean, I want to improve my English, but not the accent. I, I want to keep my accent. Yes, because, you know, uh, it, it makes you more authentic. Yeah, and more unique, you know, like in the in the past, when I just came to United States, language was a huge, I had like a language barrier, I was afraid to speak up, I was afraid to, to talk to, to a stranger. Uh, but now I kind of look at this, not as a like downside, but like upside, this is something what makes me unique. Yes. I think your accent does make you a little, you know, unique in terms of how you present yourself. So um, you you said that you started your own uh, marketing agency. So uh, how many years have you been running that? Uh, so I started back in two thousand seventeen. Yes, early two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. So just before uh, you know stuff hit the fan, is it? Yeah. It was, I mean, like, what, three years before that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were you know, a bit prepared, but uh, um, yeah, that was, you know, my next question. How adverse was it, you know, going through the 1921 period? Honestly, for me, I, I know for, it's, I know for many people, a lot of people, it was one of the worst years, but for me, it was actually one of the best years. Um, mm-hmm. So first of all, business-wise, uh, my business grew a lot in that year. Second, um, like uh, my second daughter was born in 2020, but she was born in January before COVID. Then third thing, we st- were stuck in Florida, like we live in New York, but before um, New York was like shut down completely. Uh, one mm-hmm. week before, by accident, we went uh, for one week vacation to Florida. But when New York was shut mm-hmm. down, we kind of stayed in Florida almost for three months, which was amazing. Oh. So first time, mm-hmm. first time I wear the mask during COVID, it was like June 2020 because we came back to New York and like masks were mm-hmm. required. But back in Florida, nobody used masks. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, so during that period, do you think that you working on your own agency benefited, or if you had stayed in, you know, a typical corporate job, it would have helped? 
Uh, do, are you asking about this COVID, COVID period? So yeah, during COVID, you know, you said that you were running your own agency. Mm-hmm. So my question is, would, would, would it be better if you had a corporate job in that time? Or do you think your business was a better option to survive? Uh, I mean, 100% uh, my business was a better option to survive. But I mean, I'm <laughs> like for me, no matter where I am, like I'm very confident in my skills to survive in any environment. But what was extremely positive for me during COVID and my agency that mm-hmm. I was able to provide to people who worked for me. And at that moment, we were a company, like our size was like a company of like 30 or 40 people. So we were able okay. to support those 30 to 40 like family, almost families, either people or their families. Mm-hmm. And we didn't fire anybody. We didn't lay off anybody. And it was kind of... Um, I mean, I was very grateful that I was able to provide for my family as well as for others. Mm-hmm. So you said that your you know your team was 30, 30 plus people. Uh-huh. So were these full time employees or freelancers? Uh, full, uh, some some. I mean, everybody on our team is a kind of team member. They are not freelancers, but some like to work mm-hmm. less than forty hours. So we have a flexible mm-hmm. schedule. Uh, and some of our team members work like 35, 30 hours, but they are employees. Got it. So before starting your own agency, mm-hmm. um, were you working in a company? Uh, I used to work in corporate America as a technology. I started as a drafter uh, in, in uh, technology engineering firm. And I worked there for mm-hmm. eight years. So I started as like very, very junior drafter uh, doing mm-hmm. drawings in AutoCAD. And then I like developed my skills. Uh, my work ethic was great. So I hustle and I become then a senior drafter, then a junior project manager. And when I, like my, my last, I believe, two years in the company, I was senior project manager, so managing uh, like few projects in the company. Mm-hmm. And how was that experience like? You know, working under someone and you know day to day, just work life balance kind of thing. How was it? Uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was more balanced than now, uh, because right now I uh, set my time when I'm resting and when I'm working. But back in corporate America, you know, like you come, you clock in at 9, 9 a.m. and you clock out at 5 p.m. and you're done for the day. You don't do any work at home. And back in the days, it was not common back in 2017. I left my job in 2016. So back in 2016, mm-hmm. it was not common to work from home. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, I, I had more life work balance in corporate America than I have um, was my agency. I mean, it's getting better, but uh, when I st- mm-hmm. uh, when I started agencies, there were almost no balance. Got it. So once you started your own agency, um, how hard or you know how easy was it to get your first client? Uh, 
I didn't start agency. Uh, the agency came, uh, the agency part came later. I started to freelance. So when I quit my corporate job, I honestly didn't have any plan what to do next. Uh, I knew that I don't want to go to another job. I want to do something online. I was listening to different podcasts, YouTubes, and everybody was like making money online. And I want to do something similar. Uh, but when I'm run out after three months of doing like this kind of research, like like doubling, like uh, like I I didn't I didn't know what to do. So after three months, we run out of all money uh, with my uh, wife, uh, and we start to use credit cards, and I start freelancing on Upwork. And I remember my first project was like fifty dollars uh, for the entire project, and it took me like eight hours to do the job but i did a great job and the guy left me a positive review and from that i start to take any like any available job on upwork that i could do and mm. then i narrow my focus on email marketing because i saw there's not much competition in email marketing and people were paying good money for email marketing so i start to narrow my focus on email marketing and after a year or so uh, freelancing or maybe two, even two years uh, when I start doing projects for on, uh, e-commerce online stores uh, I saw immediate result of my work and I realized that okay I need to focus on those projects because I can show the result right away and people are more likely to pay me more money so after that I start to get more and more clients and I was kind of forced to hire people to help me out and this is how the agency start <laughs> i always say it's like by accident mm -hmm. so you said that you started out of you started as a freelancer yeah do you consider yourself lucky that you know you got a project quickly because a lot of people in upwork complain and you know say that okay i'm not getting projects even after bidding for multiple projects every day i I didn't, I don't, we, we can, until this day, we get some clients from Upwork. So, but I have developed a profile now. Back, if I, honestly, like I hear this a lot. And even from my friends and family, because somebody wants to start on Upwork. I, I cannot say what's the difference between me and other people, but i personally do not believe in that statement that it's maybe it's hard i agree it's hard to get the first project mm -hmm. but it's not impossible to get first project like you need to hustle um there were times where i was submitting like between 300 to 500 proposals per month and i need mm -hmm. to and sometimes i got very few projects out of that sometimes i get a lot Sometimes it takes like mm -hmm. months or two to get a client. So I, I don't know how Upwork works now, but it's possible mm -hmm. to get it. Got it. Because um, right now, I don't know whether you checked Upwork recently or not, but a lot of freelancers have started to move away from Upwork mm -hmm. because of, you know, inconsistencies in uh, projects and all these things. So, uh, currently, do you use Upwork still to get projects? Yes, we do. Not a lot. Okay. The success rate mm -hmm. is very low because we are 
our prices are high. Our retainer, monthly retainer starts at $5,000 per month as an agency. And majority people who are looking for some help on Upwork, they are looking for the least expensive job. Yes. I think that's what makes it a little bit harder because of the way it's priced and, you know, the way uh, the bidding goes. Um, yeah, I think an agency would not have that much of luck or, you know, success rate in terms of conversion. Yeah, but um, Ganesh, so when, let's say, if I start over on Upwork right now and I live in New York City, it's like one of the most expensive cities in the world. And I cannot compete with somebody from, let's say, people from my hometown, from Ukraine. It, they can work there from, I don't know, like $3, $5, $10 per hour. I, I yes. cannot do the, yes. the same project here. However, if I start over from zero, mm -hmm. I would almost underbid them and say, I will live in New York and do the job for $3 an hour. Why? Mm -hmm. Because to get those few clients, to get the social proof, to get the review. And after I start to get the reviews, slowly start to increase price by, I don't know, by dollar each project or by $5 each project. doesn't matter. But the goal is to uh, build the reputation and then increase money, uh, in, in, increase your price. Because what I see a lot on the Upwork, people don't have any projects and they charge like, 25 50 100 dollars per hour and i'm like seriously how can you charge this much if you don't have any reputation yes um so yeah i don't think i introduced myself properly to you mm -hmm. i i am also a full-time digital marketer um nice. so i do my own consultation and all these things so that's why i'm i'm a little bit aware of you know all these things so uh here is what i think about it that if if the skill is very low level, right? If it's an entry level skill, mm. then um, what, what I see, in, what I see on Upwork is people without any, you know, like as you said, social proof of testimonials are charging more and more money. Um, of course, no client is going to pay for it because there is no, uh, you know, cake or dough to back it up. So I think you're right, you know, in, uh, in saying that okay, we have to underbid them and get few projects. So my next question was uh, something similar. What would you like suggest for someone who is just starting out as a freelancer? Because you come from a point of you know experience. So what would be your suggestion to them? Um, so even as you just said about the entry level position, it's uh, as you marketer and I marketer. It depends how you look at it. So let's say even entry level position, uh, you can say I'm data in entry. Yes, data entry doesn't pay much, but if you yes. have some kind of like management skill, you can advertise yourself as a project manager. Immediately, just changing the title of your what you can do will bump your rate like tremendously. Instead of $3 per hour, you can mm -hmm. like now charge at least like, I don't know, $10 an hour. I mean, this is, I'm talking about the entire world, uh, not, 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 mm -hmm. not US only. Uh, so I would recommend to find the, or like right now, the chat GPT is a popular thing. So instead mm -hmm. of saying that I know chat GPT or blah, 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 like you can, mm -hmm. uh, do, and I don't think there's so much competition there. It's a prompt engineering, 
Trump engineering is basically telling ChatGPT what kind of ad output you want. How can you do it? Just Google the other prompt GPT to get uh, ideas and kind of help uh, mm-hmm. other. I mean, like uh, like if like if somebody hire you as a prompt engineer, for example. Mm-hmm. So I would I so what I'm trying to say is try to find a niche mm-hmm. where there's not much competition. Mm-hmm. And just establishing that particular niche, right? Yes, yes. And try to focus on, I mean, I started to succeed when I was focusing on one thing. Like in my case, it was email marketing. Mm -hmm. If you do Facebook advertising, website development and something else as a one person, Mm -hmm. as a freelancer, uh, how how they say here in the US is like you jack of all Mm -hmm. trades and master of none. but if you say if you say no to clients, let's say somebody you do Facebook advertising, but somebody wants you to develop mm-hmm. website. If you say I don't do website um, development, yes, you might lose a client, but you sh- uh, you present your yourself as an expert in one thing, and people, especially here in US, do respect that and pay more money for that. Got it. I think that's a great suggestion that you just said that, you know, just positioning ourselves in a proper direction can help us, you know, almost, you know, tripling or, you know, quadrupling our hourly, hourly rates. So, yes. um, you know, because now I think you, you are in a position where, you know, you are successful as an agency owner. Um, so all, all of your employees are, you know, locally based or they are all around the world. So we have uh, we have probably fifty percent of our team are U.S. and Canada based, and the rest of the teams like all over the mm-hmm. world. Got it. So how do you you know ensure that there is a company culture when when you know the local employees or you know you do you might not have a physical location to meet every day? How do you make sure that there is a company culture that is cultivating within the company? It's. I was on another podcast and they asked me it's a very similar mm-hmm. question. Um, this is probably the, the only one thing which came naturally to me about like company culture. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that such a thing exists and such a word or like what w- what is a co- company culture? Because in corporate America, I, I didn't know this thing existed. When I started in my company, I started to kind of treating people like with respect, I did not micromanage anybody. I treat everybody as an adult. Uh, there were goals. We know what we are working on. And then I hired few people who knew more about company culture than I mm-hmm. did. And they start teaching me about, hey, we need to come up with company values. We need to come up with um, like a mission, uh, how we do things. And when, like, the biggest for me personally was the probably the values of our companies. And when we have that, like, kind of fundamentals, everything starts to build on top of it. And uh, teams start to suggest, hey, let's do Friday coffee house. And now every Friday for 30 minutes, and actually today, later today, we have 30 minutes where we, 
anybody from the team who wants to join, it's not required to jump on the call and talk whatever they want to talk. There's no limitation. There's no, uh, like, you can curse, you can talk about sex, <laughs> drugs, whatever you want. Uh, so, and it's very interesting. Some, and we have people from different countries and we discover a lot of things, uh, like how, mm-hmm. how, how they do things in India or Philippines or in Canada. Um, also, we have like all hands meeting uh, each month, which is extremely important. I did not realize that mm-hmm. people needs to be need to know what's going on in the company. Uh, but the basic thing for me, what and what I believe built the company culture, is treating everybody as mm-hmm. adult, not micromanaging, and the basic basic yes. respect. And oh, and also the hiring people, hiring people, my my original criteria of hiring people was to hire somebody that I can Mm -hmm. hang out, talk, or like to have Mm -hmm. a, to be curious to, to have a conversation. So if, if we had Mm an amazing talent applying for a job by, but I saw they are not the right Mm -hmm. fit for the, for me or for the company. Uh, we didn't hire. Got it. So here is another maybe controversial question. Mm-hmm. Do you hire freshers or those people who have experience? Um, I probably more on like like somebody uh, newer is newer to yeah. We have an amazing education system, so we. Mm-hmm. Re- prefer to hire somebody is renewed in the industry, maybe have mm-hmm. some marketing skills, mm-hmm. um, the basic marketing skills, but um, we teach them how to do email marketing and from A to Z. We have like uh, three months, uh, sorry, two months, two months training. So the, for the first month, it's like more theory. And mm-hmm. for the second month, it's a practice and mentorship. Got it. So, uh, could you please, uh, you know, uh, let let us know what is the name of your agency? Sure, it's a Flowium, F L O W I U M. Okay, so let's say once, and um, you know, I am running an e-commerce store. You know, it might mm-hmm. be a product or a service that I'm offering, and mm-hmm. I want some support. So, mm-hmm. once I talk to someone in Flowium, what happens next? You know, what do you bring into the table? Sure. Um, I mean, first of all, I just want to clarify, uh, even if you consider yourself e-commerce, but you run, you sell, let's say, services, we, we do not, uh, our specialty is somebody who sells physical goods online. Like, we, this is our, mm-hmm. like, ideal client. Uh, I mean, we like to start, we, we offer free email marketing audits, where we look under the hood of your company from email marketing perspective and see if we can help. If we can help, we'll provide you the list of things we recommend for you to do. You can take the list and do it yourself. Or if it's too much hassle and you, uh, like um, for you and you want professionals to work on your email marketing, you will hire us to do it for you. Uh, when we start working together, like it starts from the kickoff call, Mm-hmm. And we have all team members. We have five team members who works on specific, like on each project. It's uh, 
uh, email marketing specialist, we have a copywriter, we have a designer, we have a, a technicians, and we have assistants. Those five people like dedicated for that project to mm -hmm. make it uh, run everything smoothly. Got it. Um, so uh, how are your you know charges or uh, you know fees structured? Is it like on hourly basis or is it project-wise? No, no. Uh, it's, it's retainer, it's a project. Um, so we are transparent about our prices. So if mm -hmm. somebody goes to our uh, website, our prices are there. We do not hide it and it doesn't matter how big or small you are. If you mm -hmm. are, for, for example, like Nike or Adidas and come to ask for like us to do service for you, mm -hmm. we'll charge you the same price. Like if you are just start up and you, you, you just start your store and you want mm -hmm. to work with us. So we have the same price policy for everybody. And our uh, price starts at 5,000 per month. What we have three mm -hmm. packages, 5,000, 6,000 and seven and a half thousand. And it depends how many emails you want per month. Mm -hmm. And what is the minimal um, email that a person should expect? So for 5,000, it's 10 emails yes. per month. So, so it comes to 500 per email. Got it. And, and for um, the goal, yeah. for the goal plan, it goes down out like to 300 per email because it's, uh, I believe it's 25 emails, uh, 25. Yeah, I believe 25 emails in for 7,500. Okay. And um, if you can, could you let us know, like, what is your average conversion rate and all these things? Sure. Uh, for this year, this year is lower than, <laughs> than last year. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it's around, we have two different funnels. Mm -hmm. So for the audit I just mentioned, so for email marketing audit that we offer, I believe it's around 12%. Mm -hmm. And for the consultation, we like kind of consultation or like a scheduled call with us, it's around 19%. So you're talking about conversion rate? Yeah. So somebody from okay. A to Z conversion rate, like somebody who mm -hmm. enter our pipeline and we close the yes. deal. So it's between 12 to 19%. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So of course, you know, you, you, you do have a very good team, um, that does work with the clients. So what can, you know, a client expect to, you know, even before onboarding with you? Um, I do not understand this point. Okay. What do you mean? What so, do you expect? Like, um, what would be uh, his or her set expectations about the brand? I mean, the bottom line will increase their revenue mm -hmm. uh, via email marketing. So what, whatever they're making will, will care. Sometimes it increased by 50%, sometimes by 10%, by 20% depends where they stand and w w where their goal is. So this is kind of the bottom line. And this is the main, main thing why, uh, why we provide service and why like clients hire us. But there's a bunch of secondary things. So second one, which is huge for our clients, is uh, uh, time time saving. So they can mm -hmm. trust us. They trust us with uh, with email marketing. So we will take email marketing from A to Z, and we will not bother them. Like, hey, should we do this or that? 
we know what to do and we mm -hmm. come to the table with suggestion and they their job is just to say a or b that's it mm -hmm. or a b or c like they they need to pick and we do the, the rest for them they didn't have to babysit us mm -hmm. so do you think that uh, recent developments in ai um has like become a very let's say advantageous to you or it is harming your business uh so we are playing with ai and right now i'm even uh, creating the um kind of the ideal prompt for mm -hmm. for subject lines mm -hmm. we're starting from subject lines and mo we'll move down to the the path like for mm -hmm. body and so forth uh but right now it's 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 neutral so it does not harm us our business but it does not help our business either mm -hmm. For, from sorry from service from service perspective yes mm -hmm. we do we do use um ai for creating blog posts proofreading mm -hmm. our blog posts stuff like that but not for the service we provide to our clients got it because i can be honest i think because you know uh, in my um, agency that i worked for uh, i was mm -hmm. leading the agency so we were having somewhere around 130 plus staff and mm -hmm. we had to let go at almost 40 plus people mm -hmm. because AI just automated everything and there was literally nothing that, you know, 40 plus people could do. So, yeah, it, it did save us in terms of cost, but it also came in a, uh, you know, at the cost of human, um, you know, resource. Yeah, but what kind of service did you replace it? Like, uh, our, uh, like content creation? Yes content creation, copywriting, copyright, uh, you know, co written evaluation we did. And we also ran, um, you know, backlink strategies and all these things just through AI. And we did see um, almost three times higher conversions and, you know, that kind of jump of, um, you know, automation. So we just oh, uh, nice. switched. We should probably catch up uh, off this podcast i would like to learn more <laughs> sure um yeah so uh, now that you have been running your business or your agency for this long do you plan to run multiple agencies or you just want to stick with this one uh so the the plan for right now i'm looking to acquire agencies uh, so uh either email marketing agency like us and roll up to our agency to make us like our agency bigger and now another agency i'm interested in is uh, seo agency mm -hmm. because seo and email marketing goes hand to hand yes and uh, so i'm interested in acquiring seo agency to add additional service mm -hmm. got it because um you know because uh, i have my own friends who run uh, digital agencies here and just like uh, you just mentioned you know what they do is you know they start out with one and slowly they branch out to all uh, you know different aspects of digital life and you know multiple mm. agencies um that's why i was interested in that uh, uh to start from scratch new service no i don't mm -hmm. want like like doesn't matter how much money they pay me. Like I don't yes. want to start anything from scratch. But yeah. I would like to. I would like to acquire a business which 
already have processes and maybe some clients, maybe not because we do have clients, but mm. the most important, they have team and processes, mm -hmm. how they do things. So I yes. didn't have to recreate something from scratch. Yes, I, I think I, I can agree on that on very much because you could not pay, pay me enough to run another agency because, <laughs> yeah. of course, you know, I recognize that running an agency is, is, is very similar to hell uh, when you're starting out, you know, until it, it reaches a stage. So what is your next target for this agency in, in terms of revenue, where you want to be in terms of, you know, clients also? So our goal in three years to be, um, I mean, my personal and the company goals in three years to be at 12, 12 million a year on business. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a million dollars uh, every month. Uh, I mean, yes, maybe there's some slower months. There are some bigger months. Let's say Q3, Q3 and four is the the highest revenue month, and Q1 mm -hmm. and two are slowest ones. So it's like mm -hmm. it, up and it, down. It might be, yes. yeah. But for the entire year, I would like to make uh, around 12, 12 millions or more. Mm -hmm. And what if you had to place a bet, right? How much percent would you say uh, it is achievable and in, in terms of probability uh, you know within the time period that you have mentioned it's it's very achievable so uh, it's i mean it's it's just a little bit stretch so i would say like 80 80 to 90 percent achievable uh, okay yeah within the timeline right within two to three years yes i mean now it's like two and a half years left so mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah so what would be your suggestion because of course you you have been successful at it otherwise you know you'd not switch to a full-time agency owner uh, you know what would be your suggestion to those people you know who might be struggling in their agencies because of course you know if you just go to google or you know any 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 platform you see horror stories of people terribly failing their agencies so what would be your suggestion to those people who are who are failing right now Ooh, it's a, it's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I mean, first of all, uh, I, I, what I see that a lot of agency owners have hundred different hustles and mm -hmm. agency is one of them. If you want to develop agency and grow your agency, you need to focus only on one thing and your agency, no other businesses. So this mm -hmm. number one, it's a focus. Number two, try to have the recurring revenue model. Like it's hard for web developers to do, mm -hmm. but yes. for, for like marketers, it's easier mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. But like, it's important for that recurring revenue. Uh, the one we don't do yet, but planning to introduce the contracts because right now we do month to month. Uh, okay. You don't I, know contracts, is it? Yeah, we don't do contract. Okay. But mm -hmm. I think it's a mistake. And actually, uh, I just started working with an agency coach. Mm -hmm. uh, and she told me, I mean, we will be working on changing that. So it's a recommend. I don't have experiences in contracts mm -hmm. yet, but we'll probably, uh, sorry, not probably, we'll move to the contract to predict our revenue. Mm-hmm. 
So just to summarize your tips, one have a recurring uh, you know business model and also get into contracts, right? And the third thing, focus on one uh, focus on your agency and not the other businesses. Got it. So no side hustle, only one agency and just run it. Yes, yes, yes. And Got it. I mean, I would lie if I said it's easy, especially mm -hmm. when you, uh, especially when you kind of smaller agency, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard. Like, should I hire or should I do it myself? Uh, then I hire, I need more clients Then one clients left. What should I do with those people? It's not easy, and I don't know what what to suggest here. But if you dedicate it for growth, I strong uh, like you, you will get there. Just focus and hustle. Mm -hmm. Or another route you can do another option if you don't want to grow big agency, uh, mm -hmm. become a boutique agency when maybe you are the kind of the strategist. You are like in charge of everything, uh, mm -hmm. and you have few people under you. But you take maybe I don't know like five clients and you have kind of waiting list of people who wants to start working with you got it so compared to you know two years ago uh, and uh, today how how much how many hours in a day do you work uh, i work same same number of hours except mm -hmm. due to the war in ukraine Mm -hmm. uh in starting february 20 of uh, 24 last year i start to mm -hmm. volunteer so my okay. wednesdays I, I do work on my agency but my wednesdays mostly are volunteering work got it so, so let's say four days i'll work on the agency and one day i volunteer mm -hmm. so how many hours would you say that is per day like five hours eight, eight. hours ten hours eight 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 hours. eight yeah, on average it's eight, sometimes more, but eight. Mm -hmm. So do you see that, um, you know, when you compare it to the earlier, you know, earlier or, you know, very starting days of your agency, that the kind of work you do has changed? Um, work did, oh, you, me personally or as yes, an agency? Yes, yes, yes. No, you as, as the owner of the agency. Oh, 100% changed because, I mean, when I started, I was doing the service work then let's say i then i switch i was become a kind of recruiter hr then i hire recruiter then i hire hr then so there was kind of a progression uh so i i start to replace myself with people so i start to like i i use track time tracker until today and mm -hmm. i track my time what i'm working on and back in the days how i was making decisions should i hire or not is I, I i was creating different like project codes or job codes and mm -hmm. one of them was recruiter or hr and i start to track my time and i saw mm -hmm. that 50 percent of all my time goes to recruiter tasks mm -hmm. and i'm like okay now i need to hire to kind of buy the time back mm -hmm. uh, and right now i'm at the point after what almost six years i'm stepping back so now i will not attend any meetings in the company except finance and with my ceo okay so, so you yeah, CEO. so you do you do have appointed a ceo is it 
Chief Operating Officer. I'm still okay, there. Exactly. Yes, yeah, CEO. Got it. So in the in the coming years, do you think uh, you will you you will even step back further and yes. appoint someone as your replacement? Yes, but not not sooner than three years from now. Got it. So uh, currently, you know, do you attend you know the cold the first cold call meetings with the clients? No, <laughs> I mean, to, <laughs> I, like I, I I would not be able to do that. Phys mm -hmm. I mean, just physically, I wouldn't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't Got do it. I don't do sales calls. So sometimes clients don't even know who who I who am I. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. You said that you know you you have been in New York for a long time. Mm. Um. So I want to make you a little bit more controversial here. Um. So uh, how would you say New York is in general terms as a city? I, I mean, I love New York. We, like my family, love New York. We discussed many times with my wife to maybe move to different cities because here it's like extremely busy. But I personally like busy. I like the movement of the city. And we live on, on Staten Island. This is uh, one of the boroughs, one of the area of New York City. And mm -hmm. this is the least, least busier and the most rural because we have uh, mm -hmm. two, two daughters and there's like a lot of parks here, mm -hmm. but I, I do love New York. So do, do you uh, see yourself moving out of New York in the future? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Because the city is so, um, you know, like to your liking. Yes, maybe maybe different uh, i mean across uh, across manhattan there's uh, new jersey and, mm -hmm. or jersey city so maybe yes in different area but not mm -hmm. far from new york city got it so have you uh, really uh, you know given the thought of uh, so this is what every um, you know agency owner on this planet probably does once they start on a good money they start to invest in real estate so have you given a thought of becoming a real estate mogul Mogul, yes, but it was uh, way before, way before agency work. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. it was. Um, so actually, this is one of my first business. Uh, so back in two thousand thirteen or twelve, mm -hmm. this is when I purchased my first real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So uh, we, I read the book uh, by. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And mm -hmm. like after I finished the book, like seven days, not seven, even less days later, later, I said to my friends, listen, I'm going to Pennsylvania, to area where mm -hmm. to look for a house to buy. Because when on, I went on the internet, this is, was the area with affordable houses. And mm -hmm. my friend said, okay, can we like join you and like put money in? So we mm -hmm. everybody put seven thousand. Okay. There was three of us, and we purchased our first three three bedroom house in Pennsylvania for nineteen thousand. And we need to put another, I believe, eight thousand, eight or now nine thousand to renovate it. And this is how my kind of real estate journey started. So, and after that, I purchased few other homes. And then I switched to mobile homes. Mobile homes mm -hmm. is not typical to, it's like typical only for in US. It's like trailer houses yes. on the wheels. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so since we didn't have much money, uh, me and my sister, we would start to buying and uh, and selling those homes. And after forty, mm-hmm. we purchased our first land where mm-hmm. that those mobile homes stand. Stand. Okay. And, and when I quit my car corporate job and start the agency, I because in real estate you need have to you need to have money to make money. Yes, cash flow. Uh, and yeah, and equity because like. Mm-hmm. There's a house on the market, and you need like yeah. I don't know, like like sixty thousand to buy it uh, as a down payment for. Mm-hmm. But now, mm-hmm. I have those connections in real estate. Now I have my agency, and now what I do, people come to me and say, "Hey, we have a deal," or we have mm-hmm. two deals. Um, like, and I'm like, "Okay, give me numbers and tell me how much to invest." And so mm-hmm. I invest in, in commercial real estate, mobile home parks, and apartment buildings. So currently, okay. I I have I don't know, like approximately eight or maybe ten different deals, mostly mm-hmm. in Texas, Texas, Ohio, West Virginia, and Alabama. I, we just sold one in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So. One, uh, so, okay, now I'm getting a you know, clearer picture towards the end of this episode that, um, you know, you because you had that kind of real estate backing, um, I think it was a little bit maybe uh, more more comfortable to you to start an agency. Um, no, it has no, 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 no. It has nothing to do mm-hmm. with that. M- maybe I use some skills because mm-hmm. in the, yeah, that's what. Uh, but you know, in terms uh, of negotiation skills and you know management and all these things what what helped me the most to be mm-hmm. honest like when i compare real estate and agency agency is extremely easier than real estate for me <laughs> because yes. with real estate people can die people can mm-hmm. get poisoned people can can like you can get real trouble especially yes. let's say my first prop real estate like a commercial property we had 41 families living there okay and 41 families it's like there's a might be a lot of troubles yes. and people were suing me uh there's like trees falling on the houses and there's a <laughs> bunch of like uh there was like um claim a court claim about like water poison Mm-hmm. And in compared to agency, agency is easy. Yes. The worst thing I can do is send one email to wrong group and like, but nobody will die. <laughs> yes. I mean, in terms of agency, the liability is very limited. But with real estate, the agency, uh, sorry, the liability is indeed unlimited. So, yeah, I think you, I think you are the one of the few uh, agency owners I have talked to uh, throughout you know my career that have started reverse you know people usually start an agency then step into real estate uh, but i think because you did uh, it in 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 the reverse order um, i think you do understand the yeah. whole market thing. thank you got it so uh, andre it was very nice talking to you um, because of course you do have uh, enough experience and enough um, knowledge to back it up uh, when it comes to you know agency or be it what you do for a living kind of question um so yeah it was very nice talking to you 
and if you want to uh, you know give a shout out to your own business here is your sure. i mean just simply go to flowing.com uh, you we have a bunch of resources we have youtube uh, podcast blog posts we we share all our knowledge to people who cannot afford us uh, or who wants to do what we do uh, for a living and i mean if you need email marketing help like we would be excited to work with you and help your business grow. Got it. So guys, if you have made it this far, thank you very much um, for sticking to us for this much long time. And uh, Andre's website will be in the description, wherever you're listening to, you know, be it Spotify, Apple podcast, or, you know, anywhere that you're listening to, you will find the website link to his agency so that you know if you think that email marketing is something that your business should do and me being a digital marketer think that it is important it is one of the most vital points of you know outreach so yeah um just click on the link and you know go to website and you know anyway he is offering the free counseling you know free first call so uh, please take advantage of it so until then take care thank you